And now we'll be reading our epistle, which is 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Oh, please stand. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has ever that has been given to you in Jesus Christ. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Please be seated. <clears throat> October 31st, 2006. A man sits alone in a basement, bored. So he logs onto a website that a friend gave him called okcupid.com, which sounds like a dating website. It's because it is. He starts uh, looking through different matches, different people he becomes matched to, and he gets the idea in his mind, who do I match with worldwide? So he extends the range to worldwide and sees a whole different group of women than he'd ever seen before. Some in England, some in far reaches of the United States. And he finds one who he quickly is perked by. Maybe I can make a pen pal, he says to himself. Maybe this is something. So he sends a message essentially saying, hi, it is really cool that you are a Christian, and I think we have some things that we share in common, and it would be really good for us to just start talking. <clears throat> that person is Christopher Lorette, me. And that person he messaged was his, well, his soon-to-be wife, Jackie. <laughs> you see, when we first started uh, talking, it was a very innocent thing. It was very just, oh, I'm just so glad that you're a believer and how can I lift you up? And our messages, well, I can only speak for me, but quickly after that, it became more like, do you have the exact correct theology that I do? Yeah. <laughs> Is everything good here? What are your thoughts on TULIP, which is a Calvinist thing? And so I kind of started thinking and asking these different questions. And Jackie, whenever she talks about this, what she tells people is, yeah, Chris was really, whew, he was really specific. <laughs> 
The reason I bring up that story is because at that point in time, Jackie and I weren't exactly on the same theological page. Um, to this day, we still aren't on some issues. But the big thing, the way I started, was by just thanking God for my sister in Christ. And that's what Paul does here. Now, normally when we read these types of greetings and these types of introductions in Scripture, our mind can kind of gloss over them. Oh, you know, thankful for this, this is good, so on and so forth. But the context of Corinthians is really important. That's kind of what I want to talk to you all about today. Because Paul isn't writing to people who are in a good theological place. There's some sexual immorality among them, among other issues. But nevertheless, Paul starts off this story by saying this about these people. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from our God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul doesn't start off by saying, hey, you guys are being bad. Hey, this sexual immorality, ah, uh, I don't know if you're actually believers in Christ. He doesn't start off with a questioning, authoritative, or even condemning statement. He sees them as they are, brothers and sisters in Christ, redeemed by God. Now, the rest of Corinthians is about him correcting some of these things, but it's important to see where Paul starts off because it's out of that love it's out of that brotherly love. It's out of that commonality of being believers in Christ. It's out of that commonality of being saved by Christ that Paul's letter flows. And it's important for us to talk about that within this day and age because there are a lot of disagreements within Christendom. Heck, there are a lot of disagreements within the United Methodist Church but it's important to realize they're still our brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul doesn't diminish or cancel out their salvation or their deliverance in God. And it's important for us to view our brothers and sisters in Christ the same way. Because all too often in this day and age, and I'm, I am just as the word I'm looking for, convicted about this. I am just as subject to this as everyone else. Within my heart of hearts, if I'm being completely honest, I can look at some people and think, really, God? And some of us might be struggling with that same thing. So it's important for us out of that to understand the context in which Paul is speaking. It's important for us as believers in Christ to realize that maybe we don't have to agree on every single little thing. It's important for us to see the good in other believers. It's important for us to see them as children of God. 
And it's important for us to be the good in those people's lives. About two years ago, maybe it was a year ago, no, it was two years ago, sorry. About two years ago, my little sister Danielle got married. She got married to a non-believer, and my little sister is a non-believer. And so we were uh, sitting after the services, and we were uh, sitting and having a drink, and she talks to me about matters of faith, And one of the things that she talked about was, I just want, um, I just want to be in a place and I just want, I just want somebody moral. I just want, I just want this goodness in her life, this character from other people. And it became quickly apparent to me that me and her were on the same page. Now, I'm not saying that um, that's enough to satisfy our faith with God. But what I am saying is whether it's in conversations with her or the most ardent of atheists or agnostics, we can still see even the smallest bit of God or Christ in them. Because at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is, is that when God breathed into Adam his breath of life, that's a commonality we all share. Whether it be the person you love the most in this world or the person that you despise the worst in this world. that they all have the Spirit of God within them, that they all have at least His breath of life. And that we as brothers and sisters in Christ to both one another and to the world are called to be different. Andy, if you'll go to that next slide. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Go to the next one. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. See, here's the things, brothers and sisters. We're called to be these things to the world. But sometimes that stops when we get to people that we consider adversaries that we consider when we get to people where we have a difference in opinion, a difference in theological opinion, a difference in religious opinion, a difference in any of these things. But God calls us to something greater. 
One of the things that proves uh, an amazing lesson about the person of who God is is the life of Christ. Because despite continual brokenness and sin, God continues to forgive them. God continues to see his people still as children of God, even in the midst of their brokenness. Last week, we talked a little bit about how we're trying to view ourselves through the lens of God, right? That we're trying to give ourselves the forgiveness that we might give other people, the kindness that we might give other people, that we might, for just a moment, even when we are broken, even in some of our most sinful moments, that we might consider that God still loves us through that. And I want to ask you, as the people of God, do we do that for other people? And I want to take a pause here and, cl- and clarify, not towards our, just our family, because even the Bible says that's easy. In fact, Jesus actually says it's easy to love your friends and your neighbors. But what about our enemies? Can we with the same grace and love that Paul shows here in Corinthians talk to people whom we have a theological difference with and still call them our brothers and sisters in Christ? Can we love them through it. Now this, now, this isn't to say that we don't have discussions about those theological differences. That's not to say that we have to agree with those differences. But that is to say, can we display the same mercy and compassion over and over and over again that God himself has shown to his people? And that's what I want to call you, my brothers and sisters, to do today. Is to love greatly. Is to see the good. Final story and then we'll close. When I was in, used to live in Chicago when I was working towards my associate's degree in fire science technology, I had a small part-time job and I worked at Nayeb's, which was a Persian restaurant. Yes, and, one of the th- and I worked as a waiter. And one of the things I told them, because everybody else there, you could tell, was very Persian or very Middle Eastern, or at the very least could pass as Middle Eastern, was I looked at them and I said, really? <laughs> I'm pretty white. <laughs> And they're like, no, 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 no. Some, some of the more, some of the more uh, Iranians in the north have kind of a, a, that type of a look. So, so you could probably pass. And so one of the things about this restaurant was is these were all, it was entirely owned and operated by Iranians, which they also, they don't like to be called Iranian. They like to be called Persian, by the way. So I guess I shouldn't even be calling them Iranian. Uh, so these Persians <laughs> owned and operated this. And I was flabbergasted by just the, how they were, were not how I grew up to believe who they were. How a lot of my preconceived notions about them as a people were shattered. 
I remember once in particular, um, on a pretty slow day, one of the owners sitting at a dining room table and making a call uh, to family in uh, Iran. And I remember not being able to understand a, a single word because it was all Farsi. But I remember the tone in which he spoke, the loving tone, the same one that we have for our own family. I remember Ahmed, the chef, one day just to mess with me, walking through the door to the kitchen going, Jesus Christ is Lord, and then hitting the top of the door and then walking through, and I knew he was a Muslim and being just thrown through a loop about what the heck he was trying to say. I remember that in that moment and with those people, God called me to love them. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what people are going to remember. There's right now a fervor in our nation over Mr. Rogers. Does everybody remember Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian uh, pastor, for those of you who don't know. And he considered it his mission to love kids. Now, here's the thing about Mr. Rogers is you wouldn't know his theology clear from the television, but you can tell his impact from the way that people talk about him and from the lives that he changed through that love. It wasn't a strong theological point. It was love that motivated them and people to change. It was love that moved them. It was kindness and compassion. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what people remember. That's what we remember. So brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we need you. Help us to be more like your Christ. Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to, to be filled with kindness and compassion and mercy like God was for his people over and over and over again. The Old Testament and even the New Testament to some extent are stories of people who failed and who are broken over and over and over again and about the loving God who comes and loves no matter what. Help us, Father. Help us to be more like you. Help us to love. Help us to change the world. We thank you, and in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.